Welcome to the Media Mavens podcast, where you'll hear the most compelling, provocative, and real conversations with industry leaders and innovators in tech, sports, and entertainment with our host and CEO of well-known PR firm, Axis Entertainment, Sarah Miller. Hi, this is Sarah Miller, and I'm here with the best of the best of our podcast leadership series. I am not going to introduce you guys because my favorite blooper is screwing up the intros five times over, as Marjorie knows. So I'm going to kick this off here because I love all you guys as podcasters. You've been on our show. I've been on your show. We talk about nothing but leadership, and they have been the best podcasting conversations ever. So this is our time to talk about the good, the bad, and the bloopers of what's going on. But I want to kind of introduce you guys because this is now all of our podcasts together. We are all each other's guests and hosts. So I'm just going to kick this off with David Nurse, who is a very good friend, NBA player and coach for the, what was for the Brooklyn Nets. We won't hold that against him. Author, speaker, David, give us your quick down and dirty on what your podcast is and what it's about. Thank you, Sarah. I wish I was an NBA player. I still think I have the ability to play in the NBA. I mean, I'm an NBA coach, but anytime somebody says NBA player, I'm not going to tell them no. So anyways, my podcast. I've seen your jump shot. Yeah, that's all I got. I have no athleticism, no defense. Threes are worth more than twos in anybody's book. My podcast is called The Art Of, where I bring on high performers in different areas. They don't necessarily have to have a big following. They don't necessarily have to be someone who's termed super successful, but it's somebody who's doing something incredible at the highest level. I just had on the world's top baker. I'm going to have on one of the world's top fire dancers because it's cool because we all have these different passions and it's not like one is better than the other, but it all is down to the art of continuing to develop these passions, the art of using these amazing gifts to better the people around us. And at the core, this podcast is about leadership and the art of leadership and how do you get the best out of people. So the people I bring on my podcast are some crazy, fascinating, and really inspiring people. I have a pizza guy for you, the art of making pizza, national global pizza, pizza maker. Okay. Marjorie DeHay, talk to us. What are you doing? What's your podcast and why are you here? Because I can't promote our own podcast. So I'm going to give it to you. (laughs) I'm here with the amazing Miss Miller and we do a podcast all on leadership. So we bring the best of the best to talk about what motivates them, what inspires them. We deal a lot with entertainment tech and really what we love to know is What gets you going in the morning? What makes you get up? What makes you inspire other people? And what do you love to talk about beyond like what you do for the day to day? What are your passions? What are your hobbies? Who are you? So that's really what the podcast is about. Good MMP pitch, Max. Okay, so we're moving on to Steven. And this is what I love about, I'm gonna say what I love about everybody. Steve is a former Olympic swim coach, took hopeful to the Olympics. His, po- I can't say what the podcast is, but I love that we doubled down on our own. He takes athletes in the business arena, but I cannot do your pitch for you. So Steve, I'm going to let you, what is it that we're doing over at the competitive edge? Yeah, I, I appreciate that. But I think the main reason why you can't do the pitch is because you don't have the accent. So if you don't oh, have the accent, damn. you can't do the pitch. You know, so, uh, you know, to David's podcast, I, I'm the greatest person in the world at sounding smarter than I actually am because of my podcast. But in terms of career competitor, career competitor is all about 
really lighting that fire within you to optimize your truest self. You know, so really finding that way, finding that courage, if you will, to become your best self. And the beauty of the podcast over the last four years has been bringing people on that come from a lot of sports backgrounds for the most part. But as the podcast has evolved, we started to lose that sort of athlete component to it. And it's just people that are competitive, people that are born and raised to be competitive. And the beauty that I think I've discovered out of the podcast too, is that we are all competitive on some level, shape, or form, whether that be internally or externally. We have that competitive element to who it is we are, especially when it comes to optimizing performance in whatever field it may be. And to your point, Sarah, I was an Olympic swim coach. I've decided to to graduate out of that and move into the business sector and start doing a lot of the same things that I was doing in that world now with business owners, CEOs, people that are just outright competitive in their particular field. So whatever it may be. So I, I, I appreciate being on this and uh, humbled to be a part of this awesome core of people too. It's kind of like the final fourth NBA got my final five here. <laughs> okay, Stephen Pappas, I love you like global CMO and you are one of our bi-monthly editors for the Access Insight newsletter. So I do appreciate everything you do globally on customer interaction. Tell us what you do, what the podcast is about and give us a quick rundown. Absolutely. Well, thanks again for uh, inviting me. So my podcast is called The Science of CX, which means customer experiences. We cover everything and we speak to guests and experts from all over the world that are making a difference with experiences whether it's customer experience, employee experience, patient experience in a hospital. We've even had people from improv folks to band members, to venue owners, to food service. And we've even had award-winning playwrights on. But the core is everybody that talks about experience. You know, how can we make the experience better, whether it's the fan experience or the buying experience? So we try all those things. And we don't have sponsors. We don't do any consulting. So it's just us. And myself, especially just giving back to businesses to help them get a leg up, especially in these times. Okay. You have that Sunday, Sunday, Sunday voice. This is why I love talking to you. (laughs) And I want to pivot back to that of why we do what we do. Okay. Tony is from Florida. I was like, Tony, all about leadership. Love the background. Tell us what your podcast is about and what you're doing over there. Yeah, Sarah. Hey, thanks for having me on. My podcast is called the Well-Rounded Leaders Podcast. I started it really just about a couple of months ago, maybe now three or four months ago, whatever it was. So I'm just 10 or 11 episodes in and, and loving it. I sold three businesses in February of 2021. I had a radio show at that time. So, you know, I told myself, you know, I stopped the radio show and I was like, man, I, I got to get on up. I got to do a podcast. You know, I'm still kind of loving getting, up, getting behind the mic and keeping that vibe going. So as I dove into my new business, which I own a, a franchise called Crestcom Leadership Development, and I work with companies here in Northeast Florida, transforming their managers into more effective leaders. I started to really, you know, envelop and, and just be passionate about becoming a learning leader and, and just making myself a better leader. So after about uh, 2022, you know, January, February, I started getting serious about putting the podcast together. The Well-Rounded Leader podcast comes into play because in my, from my perspective, leadership starts with self-leadership. And we look at leadership in in terms of, you know, skill sets, emotional intelligence, strategic thinking, being able to develop teams, but it goes beyond that. I think uh, it transcends to our wellness and looking at, you know, are we taking care of ourselves physically? Are we taking care of ourselves emotionally, mentally? Are we taking care of our overall wellness as we look at self-leadership? Because we can't authentically lead others if we don't 
have a clue on leading ourselves. And that was kind of the premise behind it. I have a lot of different guests on. I've had an Ironman triathlete on talking about, you know, much like uh, Steve was talking about getting prepared competitively and how that translates into the business world. And then I have CEOs in different industries and, and different perspectives. Uh, I had this guy, Steve Pappas, on. He did a great job of uh, talking about the customer experience, which will go live next week. Thank you, Steve, for that. But anyways, I'm loving it. I'm enjoying it. You know, it's just one more thing right now that I'm, I'm managing in my day-to-day activities with my other business. But um, I'm looking forward to this thing continuing to get better. I love that it's all about leadership. And just to pivot on that, I convinced, got a actual, yes, I'm all in to do my next Spartan with Steve and David as a team. That's public agree, guys. Say I don't I don't think anybody recorded me saying that. Yeah, I, I did, and David agreed. Oh my god. I'll read you the tapes. You and David both agreed to my spark. Okay, so you were, I didn't know you had recorded at that point. I'm sorry. Of course I, I did. David also agreed. So here's what I love. Okay. I, I want to pivot between David and Steve for one second. Because you guys both have such a tremendous sports background, like pure athletics, you know, from playing to coaching to everything. Did your sports and like that commitment, that competitive edge, did that inspire the two of you to do your podcast on leadership? Because we all know when sports is all about leading your team on and off the courts. Did you guys dig into your sports background, athleticism? Is that what inspired you both to do your podcast and the pivot and stay on top of leadership? Oh, pivot and go. You know, okay, for, see, I got for, you on that, David. Yeah, you know, for me, for, for me, you know, the beauty of leadership in sport is a lot of the time, it, it evolves without it being necessarily pulled out of somebody. And I think that is how leadership came out of my podcast over time. You know, the genesis of my podcast was much more, you know, bringing former athletes on who were competing and performing at high levels in different worlds. And they were leaning on a lot of those same traits and skills that they would use when they were performing at the highest level of their sport. And as you start to talk to leaders in the business world, it's not like someone walks up to you one day and slaps, you know, a label on you and says, you're a leader now, go lead. You know, so much of leadership comes from a person's evolution. And, and with that, you know, the beauty of that in sport, a lot of the time, especially when I was coaching, was that you would just look for the opportunities to identify leadership and then find ways to encourage it. You know, you didn't necessarily go grab it and turn it into leadership. You allowed it to very much organically appear and then start to take on, you know, the identity that it potentially has. Yeah, but leadership is earned, not granted. I'm always, I think Dave, and David always gives me a bunch of grief. My toe tagline is own your own leadership. But so I'm, I'm all about that on the sports side. But okay, I'm, I'm going to have to do the shout out because David Nurse has two books out on the market, Pivot and Go. Okay, Davis, tell us about your books. Pivot and Go and Breakthrough. Oh, you know, at all times, just hanging around the computer if you're watching this. <laughs> You know what, though? I want to piggyback as as we're on that point with athletes and leadership to what Steve said is, I think leadership is is really about empowerment. I mean, that's what it is at the end of the day is how are you going to empower the people working for you, working with you to raise the level of your culture or your team? And I think it is earned, like you said, but I think it is also granted. Now, leadership is granted to everyone. It's just what they do with it. Like everybody's a leader, literally everybody's a leader. It's just to what extent do they want to maximize that leadership and are they willing to take the ownership of the leadership? You're either leading someone in a good way or a bad way or in a stagnation way. So with athletes, I tell them no matter what level they're at, because they'll come from college and I'll work with some guys who'll be top draft picks or mid-level draft picks or second round. Now their leadership at the next level in the NBA is going to differ. 
all of those players at some point were the man. They were the leader, whether they wanted it or not. Now, the key is, how do you lead when you're not necessarily the top dog? Can you still be a leader? Absolutely, is the answer. And so not everybody in every organization is going to be the CEO. And that's okay. You can still be a leader in your position you have. Real quick story. One of the players that I worked with was a teammate of mine when I played in Greece. His name is Aaron Baines. And he was the best player overseas, best player on our team. He got called by the Spurs to play for the San Antonio Spurs for the NBA that next season. Now, he went from the best player on the team to the last man on the bench. But if he would have looked at his situation as a woe is me, I'm the leader, I'm the man, it wouldn't have worked. The culture would not have worked. So he embraced the mindset of wave your towel. He decided he was going to be the best towel waver in the NBA. Literally, if you go back and watch film, dude is waving his towel all the time on the bench. So he's the best leader of the bench. Years go by, he finally gets his opportunity. He's so engaged, so involved that when he gets his opportunity, he's ready for it. He's prepared for it. He's led other people so he knows when he becomes this top guy, he's able to lead the other players. He goes on to make over $100 million in the NBA. So I think leadership is, yes, earned. It's also granted, but it's what you do with it to empower yourself and empower others around you that makes a difference. Okay, so I want to just add on that because, and David, you know where I'm going with this. I don't believe... I think if a good leader is a good team player. And just because if you're not a good team player, doesn't mean you're a good leader. For example, I went to a Clippers game with David and there's a specific player because I guess there's a lot of injuries. One of his clients was injured. Can I say his name? Marjorie, I'm going to go to you. Okay. There was a player for the Clippers that David and I were discussing and watching. And if you're, if you can't be a good leader, if you're not a team player, and this guy was out there, the man, there was injuries. He was, Half court, the most shots in last season in the NBA for the Clippers. Tremendous, phenomenal record on shots. But he was showboating. He was extra. He was working so hard and he wasn't a team player anymore. And he was trying to act like he was the leader and make noise. Look at me, look at me, look at me. But you could tell when they took him out for, I think, second quarter, he was out for a few minutes quarter. We watched the team dynamics and this team was flawless. It was beautiful. You have to hit a basket under 18 seconds, three shots in. This guy held the ball too long. He didn't pass it. He made a big deal. He may have been a a team player, but he wasn't a good leader because he refused to be a team player. So I don't think he was a good leader. I don't think everybody's a good leader. And if you're not a good, solid team player, you aren't going to know how to lead. And that is my personal opinion, courtside with David at a Clippers game, but I can't talk about who the person is because I'll get in trouble. So well, I think it also goes to ego and maybe all of you guys, Steve, Steve, Todd, David, this is all, for all of you is how can you be a good leader and control one's ego? Because we see a lot in the news about these leaders who have huge egos and make a bunch of money and lead by ego, which I think is the downfall of many, many CEOs and many presidents and many world leaders. So maybe talk about how you manage or advise your clients to manage egos. I actually want to pivot first to Steve on this, because Steve, you worked with a lot of global companies as a C-level executive, like big monster companies. Because I'm always like, you don't lead by ego. I tell my clients, lead by ego, you're done. Have you seen a big difference like from where we were pre-COVID to now? 
coming from the big corporate globally with um the egos can be the biggest destroyer of a company's future. I mean, tell us if you had, if are you bringing those people on your show to talk about dropping the ego and leading differently? Or is it something that you've never really seen given your global experience? You know, you see them all, right? You, it, it depends on the level that they've achieved and whether or not they begin believing their own press and they start living that life. But I also, I've seen leaders in some of the largest companies out there that are more grounded than anybody I know. And they stay humble. They keep their eye on the ball. But those, those types of leaders are great at leading their teams because they, they don't allow empire builders. They don't allow political animals in the organization. That doesn't mean they minimize the contributions of everyone. It means that they don't want the distractions which ultimately cause sabotage in the ranks. Right? So, but the leaders themselves, even from a global perspective, people that I talk to and have lunch with that are, you know, managers of the largest banks in the world or the largest manufacturing, honestly, I still have lunch with them and we still get along great. Maybe it's, I just don't associate with, you know, the mega types that have those egos. It's okay. We don't part. filter. You can say assholes. I do it all the time. <laughs> That's <podcast>. fine. <laughs> yeah, and they and they certainly can be. You know, but but it doesn't matter where where you're leading. You could be just leading a small department. You still have to have that same as you know, as David was saying. You know, you've got to be waving the flag. But I always felt I had six startups, and I've run five other companies. I always feel like my job is more to clear the decks for everybody to do their jobs. That as a leader, I'm not the one manufacturing. I'm not the one engineering. I'm not the one necessarily going out and selling, even though I do. I'm the one that has to clear the pathway for everybody else to excel. I want to, Tony, because I know we've got a lot of people on our podcast. They've all, we've been very, very lucky in seven seasons with some phenomenal people. I mean, there have been a few that I've had to hand their asses to, and I did not filter it. But when you get guests on, do you get some of these guests on that are all about their ego? Look at me, who am I and what I do on your podcast? And if so, how do you handle that to kind of bring it back into the authentic, this is what people want to talk about? I'll say I can't say that I've had any bricks on the on the show yet. I think when it boils down to ego and, and leadership, to me, the cornerstone of any anyone's leadership is their emotional intelligence. You can have all the skills in the world. You can be, the, you know, a great orator, communicator, you know, whatever. But at the end of the day, if you don't control your emotions, you're not going to be seen as authentic. You're not going to develop trust within your culture. And and I think when you're talking about egotistical leaders, there's a huge element of, of emotional intelligence that we're talking about here. Because I think the statistic is 90% of the people in the workforce think they have self-awareness, but in reality, 15% really do. And there's going above self-awareness is self-management. So you can have an element of self-awareness and you know, maybe you're being a prick or you know that you're being that asshole. But if there's no self-management to control that or to check those markers at the door, if you will, you know, again, it all goes back to me, emotional intelligence. And, and that to me is the, the foundation upon what leadership is about. So I think it's all about owning your leadership, good, better, and difference. As a CEO, I've had to make really bad decisions. And no matter how good or bad, I owe it to the person who 
may come out the receiving end or be fired or cut to let them know that, you know, I made the mistake. I made the decision. And I don't want anybody to ever feel like they're walking away feeling less valued or less appreciated because of a decision I made. And I'm all about if you want to lead, lead by example. Mistakes are being made. Own your mistakes. But we all make mistakes that affect associates, employees, clients, friends. And to me, I cannot let you walk away feeling you were never appreciated or valued to me. So if I could have that conversation, no matter how bad the outcome, where you don't walk away feeling like that, to me, that's for me is leadership because we all make easy decisions, all of us on this every day on this podcast. It's making the hard decisions is to me is a true sign of leadership as long as you make with the class and grace in which you enter that. But I think people just get to that whole velocity of, I have power, I have control, I have ego. And I think they flaunt it. And I think that's, to Marjorie's point, is where their ego trips them up the most because they, they want to flaunt it socially. Except for my girl boss baseball hat, because we are on a podcast. But like, it's just like, I just feel like you have to accept you're human. You're going to make mistakes. Own your leadership, good, bad, or indifference. Because to me, how you fall and get back up is to me a sign of leadership. And I see a lot of people throwing people under the bus. They, I mean, I see it. We've seen this. Come on, guys. David, um, sport, we talk about sports constantly. Because yeah, you know I want a G League, a few NBA players. And we talk about that, owning that leadership versus pointing fingers to save your ego. And I think that, I mean, I don't, I don't want to say it's a big part of sports, you know, David and Steven, because I know we all have to deal with all walks of people. But it's a matter of, how do you handle a bad situation as a leader where you could walk away knowing that other person didn't feel like crap because of mistake or decision you made? Well, I think personally, I mean, ego is the enemy. Yes, as Ryan Holiday's book says, but you also have to have a little bit of an ego. There has to be a little bit of an ego. To get confidence, to not ego, though. There's a difference. I would say you have a little bit of ego even because if you don't have any ego, then you don't have that type of aggressive fight and grit to you that you want to be the best. Confidence, yes, more so on this confident confidence, of course. But if you make a mistake or if someone is uh, a bad apple and you have to set the example as the leader, the biggest thing that is going to lead is not by what you say, but it is the way that you react. How do you react in a situation where somebody is trying to stir the pot on a team in a company? Do you get all flustered and out of control and yell at them and F-bomb them? I hope not. I hope you're calm and cool and collective. Even on the inside, maybe you're like that swan that's so beautiful that you see, but underneath you're kicking like crazy to just to survive. So it is, I mean, it's cliche to say like your actions, but even more so your body language. People read your body language. 80% of communication is body language. Like how do you, how is your facial expressions? Do you look like you're shaken? I know for a fact for like NBA players, if you have a guy on the court that is looks like he has it all together, don't worry, like the fourth quarter's coming up, clutch moment, they have it, like you can count on them. Even off in the inside, if they're questioning themselves, the outside, the body language doesn't show it. So leadership, yes, cliche to say, but it is your actions, your reactions, and your body language and facial expressions say more than maybe what your words are going to say. That's a difference between Michael Jordan and LeBron right there. Body there language. You hey, you know what? Right. That's awesome. Tony, you are spot on. <laughs> but let me tell you one thing, too. Michael Jordan is not necessarily a leader. He is a killer. 
but he's not necessarily a leader. And when he left the Bulls, look at the numbers. When he left the Bulls, how did they do? They almost won the NBA championship. It was two games less that they won, I think, for like but the, the year. Which time? When he went to play minor league baseball? Both times. Both but times. they didn't win. They didn't win, <laughs> right. But when if you look at now, I'm not calling LeBron a leader either, but if you look at his impact when he left Cleveland, they became the worst team. When he left Miami, they became bad. So he had more impact. Now, I think Jordan was a better player, but the best sports book for leadership, and, and this makes a total sense of it, is A Captain's mm-hmm. Class by Sam Walker. The best book on sports, like what an actual leader looks like on a sports team. It's not necessarily the Jeters or the Jordans, but it's the Tim Duncans and these guys who don't want yeah. the media, the guys who will mop the floor, the guys who care about their teammates more than they do the, the bright lights. So I have a good book for you guys. So what Marjorie and I have, you know, we have Global News Watch with Mick Mulroy, former uh, military intelligence, CIA. He's one of my bloopers because it's like military intelligence, former deputy chief, Middle East. I, I just, I, every single time we do a podcast, he has such a long damn time, which is so beyond impressive for a human being to have. I always screw it up and have to start over and curse. But I always, now it's the point, like what, 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 a year later, monthly, I see Mick and Marjorie cracking up because they don't even get started because they know I'm going to screw up his title every single time. So it's funny for our bloopers. But what I love is that there's a CIA guy, Marjorie, have a Panopolis. It's a long Greek name. And he wrote the book, Clarity by Leadership and Clarity from a CIA agent. You're up against the wall, two seconds on the clock, that half point, you're tied, whatever, call it whatever you want. But it's the clarity in leadership, making a solid decision based on your gut, not on your emotions, and making a life and death decision that changes somebody's lives or a human race. And it's such a good book on leadership. It, I mean, it is an amazing book. So I just want to throw the whole book thing out there. But let me ask you guys a question. With all these conversations, all the guests you guys have had on, I want you guys to tell me what inspired you guys to actually start your podcast and decide, hey, this is a great idea. Uh, well, what's funny is that when I was, I was still coaching in college at the time, and my athletes were actually the ones to tell me to do it. And, and, and so for me, that really spoke to me. My background, I have a little bit of media in my background, always been the creative type. But you know, my athletes, they kind of said like, have you seen this world of podcasting? This was like 2018. So this was like before the big, big swing through COVID. But you know, so for me, I was really just touched by that because the, the, the athletes kind of said like, you love sitting us down and telling us stories. They didn't say whether they enjoyed the stories. They just said they loved, you know, they noticed that I loved doing that. And so for me, that desire to have human connection, to learn from people, that was always my coaching style was very much storytelling and still is as I work with people in the business world. Uh, you know, I, I'm just a big believer that there's so much information to pull from people's journeys, people's experiences. So the best way to teach others is through the lessons of the life experiences of others. So that was where it came from. And, and then I started to play around with ideas. And that's where the idea for former athletes competing it in different areas came from too. I'm going to go around the squares on my screen. Just makes life easy. Steve, what inspired you to start your podcast? You know, it was kind of interesting because as I kept going up the the rungs of the ladder and moved into more C-level executive positions, I felt like my creativity was going away. You know, because as you get to the C-level types of things, the decisions you're making in the course of the day, putting out the fires, helping employees, you don't have enough time to really be creative. And I think I always needed that. I used to 
I used to produce a TV show. I used to have a, a syndicated radio program many years ago. And I always felt like I wanted to go back to that. And I really didn't know how. And as it turned out, my wife said, hey, have you thought about podcasting? And in fact, it really scratches the creative itch for me because I'm kind of designing it all. I design the graphics. I do all of them. I mean, now I have graphic designers doing them, but all the initial stuff I was doing and it helps me feel creative, but it also helps me feel like I'm giving back after 35 years of building businesses. I might have learned a few things along the way. So at the same time, I'm helping others avoid the pitfalls that, quite frankly, I, I stepped in so many in my career. It wasn't funny, made a lot of mistakes, but learned from them all. And, I'm, you know, that's why I'm, you know, those two things really inspired me to, to uh, do it. And many seasons later, we're still going strong. And matter of fact, I think it's doing even better these days. That's awesome. I want to pivot to my favorite NBA coach. So I know he's going to leave us soon. David, tell us what inspired you. But also before we um you, we lose you, what is your stupidest, funniest moment or memorable moment on your podcast that you could share with everybody? Oh, I love it. Okay, I got a few of those. So early on, I was doing them live and traveling to people in person. And it was a podcast that I've been trying to line up for a long time. I've been working on it. One of those like months and months in the works. And we're doing the whole like in the sauna, go cold plunge, like recorded live video. And I forgot to hit the record button. <laughs> so I had to tell this guy after all of this, I actually forgot to hit the record button. And it's one of those moments you're like 30 minutes deep. You're like, whoa, I need to check. Did I actually hit it or not? So I couldn't even think about what I was asking him. So that was a mess. Then I had, when the Zoom was going on, everybody was doing it Zoom, I had Dean Graziosi on my podcast. And I've listened to his stuff, loved his stuff. Obviously know how to pronounce his last name. When he comes on, I'm like, and we have Dean Grazioni. And he's like, all right, hold up. That's not how you say my name. Run it back. I was like, wow. Okay, at least we got that out of the way. So there's been, I mean, there's been multiple ones, but those are the two big ones that stand out. And I mean, what really inspired me to start a podcast was actually in full transparency, just to have fun conversations with people that I love talking to. And at the start of it, if you go back to listen to a way, way, way back in the day when it was called the game of life, I was just bringing on my NBA players and the conversations were pointless. Like there were great big names, but we really didn't talk about anything or have any direction towards it. I like to think that the direction has changed a little bit, but I love having conversations. It's a great way to meet people. It is like the best way to meet people on a deep level, even when you can't meet them physically in person. And then you just develop great friendships through it. So that's what I love about it. And I thank you guys. And thank you, Sarah, for putting this on. Now we have to stay all stay in touch. But I know you guys keep rocking it. Sarah, you're amazing. Talk to you soon, D. Okay, Marjorie DeHay, talk to us about like what inspired you? Because I kind of sucked you into my podcast. They'd be like, I need a co-host. So I there's some of these heavy topics I wanted a co-host and a wingman for. Like what inspired you to come on, stay on? Because you've been on since the day I asked you. And then you're allowed to talk about our stupid moments. It's okay. <laughs> we're, we're well, I think like what's great about this podcast is really the amazing people we get to talk to. And I think that's everybody will say that about their podcast. 
And I think when you get to have real conversations with amazing people, you just learn so much. So I know what I love about this podcast is every day, every time we do this, I meet these just incredible people that have passion to inspire other people. And I think at the end of the day, that's what we're about. We want to inspire other people. We want to make a better world. And that's what I love about this podcast. Awesome. Okay, Marjorie, give us a stupid, funny blooper. Now let Tony go. Let Tony go. I'm going to pivot and go. <laughs> well, you got to remember, I'm only, I'm only about 10 episodes in. I haven't had any bloopers yet, knock on wood. So I can't, I can't really speak. I don't have any... I've hit the record button every time so far. <laughs> Hopefully that doesn't uh, that doesn't stop. I haven't had anybody, you know, so I'm going to have to just default to everybody else and listen to their funny stories because I, yeah, thankfully I don't have You're anything. a podcast virgin. It's okay. Uh, you, no, wait I know. You, wait I'm, I'm you, just, you'll get there. Wait till you get your like, for, like your 25th or 50th one. And then it starts to like the stupid things we do comes out. So, okay, I get the whole... So David has a lot of stupid, funny stories. I know I do. But like when I started this podcast, it was during COVID, like everybody else. Another PR firm who we just do, they do entertainment. We do the tech startups and stuff and sports. And we were chatting over a glass of wine. And she's just like, oh my God, we chat so much about the best stuff. Why are we not recording this? So we started recording the podcast when I was with Michelle at the time. We had 35 podcasts in, the best people. And I realized, Oh shit, I'm recording podcasts. There's no website. I have no thing set up. So I had a pause and then I decided, okay, let's vet it out. Be real. We're a PR firm. We could do this. And I sent a mass email to like 10,000 people. They all come in and Michelle's like, how are you vetting this? You just sent an email to the universe, but there's no website, no way to vet it. So I was backpedaling like crazy. Oh, we are so booked right now. I'm so sorry. We'll get back to you. Built the website. I, I backed into this thing so crazy stupid, but like there's so many stupid moments on this podcast. But what I love about this podcast is not, okay, if you don't have a funny, stupid moment, Dave and I will just take the ownerships of that. It's the most memorable ones. I've had podcasts and I think Marjorie's been on all of these to the point where they will make you cry and make you laugh. We've had somebody, I think Marjorie, it was almost like in tears. We had an amazing, amazing podcast narrative storyteller who came out and talked about sexual abuse publicly opened up to us. I mean, we were practically in tears. It was the most mean, and this was a very well-known producer person in the industry, but it was the most amazing, authentic thing. And like, we had one or two of those podcasts where we were like literally holding back the tears, but then we've had podcasts to where we were cracking up so much. I don't think there's one or two people Marjorie and I were on with, and I don't think we got anything positive out because we were so busy cracking up, laughing, making fun of shit. But those to me are the best podcasts because I'm getting their feedback saying this was the most authentic, fun, like the best podcast and so fun because it was so real and it was emotional and everything. So I feel like it may not be the funniest moments, but the most memorable moments. If it makes, if you can make somebody laugh or cry, you know you did your job being a true human and being sympathetic, empathetic, and really reaching somebody else. So that's kind of where we've had a few of those podcasts, like our proudest podcast moments. So like, Stephen, give me a little bit about your most memorable moment versus a funny one. 
Stop pointing to Steve Pappas. What's up with that? (laughs) Okay. Actually, so I was thinking of a couple that went really wrong, though, that I want to tell you. So we were 20 minutes into the recording of the particular podcast, and I was asking the questions and getting my answers and what have you, and 20 minutes in, and then I asked a question that was totally out of left field for the guest. And I realized that I was using the wrong notes, that I was using notes for someone else's podcast. And I think he was just either going along with me or he was just he was just answering the questions. But and then I just had to stop the recording because I lost it. I absolutely lost it. The second one was I was talking to a guy in the Far East. So it was very early his time. Now, you can hear my voice. You know, I was trained for radio and TV. I was a clinical hypnotist for many years. I think I actually hypnotized the guy. Part of the way through, there was no sound coming. And at first, I thought maybe it was his internet connection. You know, maybe there was an issue there. And I could hear the snoring. <laughs> And I'm saying, oh, I'm, I'm yelling his name, yelling his name, chatting through the Zoom and everything. And he finally came to and he says, Steve, he says, quarter of five in the morning for me. I'm like, you pick the time. He's like, I know, but the kids were up, had me up late at night. So I actually hypnotized till he, so he fell asleep. My most memorable one, though, I don't know if you guys know the company John's Crazy Socks. John's Crazy Socks was on the show. Now, it's a, it's a father and son. Father's uh, son is John. And he started the sock company. And he has Down syndrome. So he and his dad are the two closest people you could ever see in the world. I'm interviewing them. And John is so affectionate to his dad. I mean, he's, you know, giving him kisses on his cheek during the show. You know, he's yelling the answers out. And it was it was an absolute great show. But I'll tell you, most of the way through that show, I was in tears. I couldn't. I was having a hard time to keep just keep going because they hire all people with differing abilities and they donate to Special Olympics and you name it. They, a, mo- a lot of their profits go back to donation for you know adults with differing abilities all over the place. They pick a different charity all the time. Great socks too, but you know it was my most memorable because it actually just moved me so much. And here I thought, okay, I can get through this. No, no, no. I was mush. I, I, w- I was absolute mush through that. And I think about it like every day, and it's really weird how that happens. It's so funny that you say that, Steve. It's the first time I'm going to talk about it's the same sort of impact. Like she comes into my mind almost daily. You know, if, it, if it's not yeah. every day, it's certainly every other day. And during COVID, I within within the podcast, I did a ten part series of women changing the world. So it was women, all women coming on the show as guests, and really just speaking about their experiences, what it is that they had done to really shock the the fields that they work in and and mm-hmm. just crush those glass ceilings in ways that you know just really just shock and awe incredible incredible stories and i was about 3 or 4 episodes into that and i get an email from this lady called Allison Hatton and Allison wrote to me and just said listen i've heard the first 3 episodes of your show and I would love to be a guest if you still have any spots available in this 10 part. I was like, it just so happens I was still looking for a couple more women. And she tells me her story. Her story was that over the last two or three years, uh, so this was 2020, in the last two or three years, 
she had been diagnosed with cancer and she'd come back from it over a couple of years and she'd mm. started to move away from her, her career in marketing and started to get on stage. She even did a, a TED talk on stage about living life that there's no time to waste. And she wow. started a non-for-profit called No Time to Waste. She even started a podcast too. So she came on the show and she tells her story. And I'm, I'm touched by it the entire time, obviously. It just moved me, touched me. Yeah. And then we press stop. And she says, she says, thank you for being patient with me today. And I said, I didn't, I didn't realize I was. You know, I, I, just, I thought we were just talking. And it's been an honor getting to talk to you. And, and she, she told me right after we were done recording that she had just found out that morning, that morning that she had been, despite going into remission, her, her, her cancer had come back. And this time, it would end up taking her life. And, and, and so she tells me this at the end of the episode. I'm just like immediately stop crying. I, I can't handle it. Even telling it right now, I can sort of feel that initial reaction coming back. And sadly, Allison passed away earlier this year in, in, in January. So about a year and a half after the recording of the show. But she, she went on and started her own podcast, No Time to Waste. And so the episodes are obviously still out there. She was able to get Matthew McConaughey to come on her podcast. She was able to get Lance Armstrong to come on her podcast, like just absolute worldwide global household names to come on and talk about their impacts of losing family members to cancer and things like this. And obviously in Lance Armstrong's case, living with it, but just the most incredible story. And again, this is a woman that I only spoke to one more time after that interview. So two phone calls in my entire life with this lady. And she, I will never, ever forget that experience of meeting her. Wow. That's amazing. Marjorie, what was like out of all of our podcasts we've done so far, which one stuck out the most with you? I don't know. That story right now just like feels like I know, I think you really that, that is something I'm gonna remember for like just all of your stories right now. They're just so real. And I think that's that's what it's about. It's just these raw, real stories that you know we're all just humans and we don't all have a lot of time. So that thought of no time to waste, that was just such a beautiful story, Steve. I think that's going to be one of those I'll remember forever. You know, okay, so you're not going to get down the whole morbid trail, but like we have lost two of our podcast guests in the past year and a half. Tani Katane blew up our ratings. You know, she talked about The Bachelor, the show. She was on fire. Trump, I mean, her and I became such good friends just trying to get her on the podcast. We just started bonding. And it just broke my heart because she was starting her own podcast. She was trying to take everything she did in the celebrity world and turn it around for good to help people. And then a very good friend of mine was on our podcast, built the largest sustainable five-star eco-friendly sustainable resort was killed last October, who Marjorie knows has met. And it's just, it's just, it's so, life is so short. And I think that's why with these podcasts, it's just meeting people every day, being so appreciative of who they are in your life. And like, I mean, it's not sad and I'm super grateful. I just, but like I was on Steve's podcast and like, I've never on a podcast in an article ever talked about my five brain surgeries. Remember Steve? And like, yep, it's I like do. that. I see that movie, Jerry Maguire, or that at the very end, that one talk show always makes the players cry at these cards. Like, I'm not going <laughs> to cry. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. But like we were talking and I like was so reluctant and like fighting like, I'm not going to talk about this. I'm not competitive. I have my own journey. But I came out on, he's the only guy I've ever talked to publicly, like on the podcast about such a personal experience. 
and how it changed me. So I, I got to give Steve credit. Like you pull out the best in people uh-huh. that they don't want to talk about going into these podcasts. And I feel like, so I'm moving actually out of LA in about two weeks. It's going to be in Scottsdale. If anybody wants to come visit, Marjorie and I will still be on every Wednesday in our podcast. But somebody made a comment to me. Oh, I'm sorry. LA didn't work out for you. I'm like, what the hell kind of comment is that? I Oh, I couldn't most, handle you, Sarah. <laughs> I've had the most amazing every second of being in LA in 13 years, the heartbreaks, the brain surgeries, every single person in fight is such a journey and a challenge of growing and compassion. Like my podcast, every person I have on our podcast, like I love connecting with them. I love hearing the stories and getting to know other perspectives. And this is why I think this podcast, and I guess be honest, podcasts aren't there to make you money. We're not Joe Rogan. Well, I hope you guys will all be Joe Rogan soon. But being a PR firm, it's another platform to share your story and inspire, motivate others and have a voice. And like, I'm right there with Marjorie, just talking to people and hearing their story and having to like so humbled to have people share their stories with us and everything, I just think is one of the best parts of having a podcast you know, with through all the guests. And I would just to, just to sort of piggyback on that a little bit here, like to be perfectly transparent, like my podcast has changed my life, period. It really has. I mean, I, I was a swim coach. I, I try not to use the word just, <laughs> just a swim coach. I always feel the need to say that, but I was a swim coach when I first started it. And it was about 18 months ago as I was interviewing and speaking with people and, and the, the sort of prestige, if you will, of, of whatever you want to consider to be successful. You know, that was just the bar was raised as the podcast started to build momentum and the types of names that started to come on, built the legitimacy of it, et cetera. When I was done with my interviews, people would say like, so this is what you do. And I was like, well, no, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a swim coach. I just, I, I just do this podcast for fun. And, the, and, and they were encouraging. They were saying, well, listen, you, you have this ability to connect authentically with people and pull information out of them, not in a you know malicious way, in a in a very authentic yeah. way. And just like, hey, you're you're making me feel comfortable and we just met, you know, and, and you're also forcing me to see things from a perspective that I haven't even looked at myself. And before I knew it, I had these sort of soft skills, if you will, that I wasn't really even aware of. And it gave me the confidence no less than 10 months ago to step away from my my college coaching career and start career competitor LLC, the business and start coaching and consulting and realizing that the the talents so to speak that I had had a place in worlds far beyond, you know, the sports world. And so for me, I think that's what the power of something like podcasting can do is it can really shape what you do with your life, but the relationships and the connections that you build too, like that can really, gosh, they're so impactful. They're so impactful. And who cares if only 50 people listen to it? Like that conversation is, it's in so many ways, it's still just between you and the other person, you know? And so, so Tony, I know like you're starting out, but I had such a good podcast with you and like you've shown such tremendous leadership, just being a podcaster off the bat, being on this show, hearing everybody. Is there anything that you are like, okay, you know what? I'm going to start moving in that direction or that was inspiring. Is there anything that helped you being a new podcaster from all of these great people on this show, uh, giving you any thoughts or any inspiration, encouragement to continue to move forward and keep talking? Well, yeah. I mean, my, my, you know, I like to say that my, my mission for my, for my business and for myself is to make an impact. And what I would hope to do with my podcast is to be able to make an impact in somebody's life so they can make an impact in their world. And 
being able to, you know, pull out those types of conversations and emotions and have those deep, in-depth podcasts with some of my guests. You know, I'm looking forward to those types. I've had maybe one or two on smaller scales, but nothing like what, you know, Stephen and and Steve described where it moved me. But I'm, I'm looking forward to that. You know, again, I always, I love to learn from my guests and I love to constantly, you know, I, I, I think I'm kind of a curious guy. I like to ask questions and I like to just learn. If we're not learning, what are we doing, right? We're just staying the same. And who was it that said, Bo Schembechler said, uh, you get better or you get worse. You don't stay the same. And that's pretty much how I start all of my, my coaching sessions with my clients is, hey, look, we can sit here and you can make the most out of your time, but you have a choice. You can be better or you can be worse. You're never going to stay the same. And that's a conscious choice. So, you know, again, yeah, listening to, to everybody talk about their experiences and their stories. And I'm, you know, I'm glad there were more inspiring stories <laughs> that were told than the bloopers, you know, because the inspiring stories are, are like you said, sir, what's what keep you going and keep you motivated. And so, yeah, if I, if I could take anything away from just what everybody else has shared on this podcast episode, yeah, definitely. I'm just looking forward to more moments like what Steve and Steven described. Now, so let me ask you a question, Tony, because I know we're going to wrap up soon. What does leadership mean to you? Leadership, simply put, well, leadership is just getting people to do what you need them to do. You know, again, if we're going to talk about it in most simplistic terms, you know, and, and we can dive into it, dissect it, and that's what people make a living doing. <laughs> it's getting people to, to do what you need them to do, but they want to do it. Okay. They feel good about doing it. They want to do it because you... To me, there's three types of leaders. There's motivating leaders. Motivating leaders can pretty much get you to do something either through rewards or something tangible. Okay. Then there are inspiring leaders. Inspiring leaders can move you with their words, move you with what they say and how they get you. Then there are aspiring leaders. Aspiring leaders are when you are able to lead and you don't even know who you're impacting. You don't even know who out there wants to be like you and emulate you. Because they're watching your actions, they're watching your executive presence, they're watching how you carry yourself, how you interact with people, how you treat people, how you make people feel. So for me, I think aspiring leaders are also inspiring leaders, and they're also motivating leaders. Inspiring are just, you know, inspiring. And I think as leaders, we all need to be and shoot for being that aspirational leader, where people just look at us, and you have that presence and they want to be like you, and they may not even have much interaction with you. Nice. Marjorie, you know, being an attorney you and just in the studio space, you've seen so much. What does leadership mean to you? I think leadership really gets down to, I think, that emotional IQ that Tony was talking about. It's really like, can you put yourself in that other person's shoes and Look, like you said before, Sarah, we all have to deliver bad news. There's good ways of doing things. There's bad ways of doing things. But when we lose our human empathy and we lose our ability to put ourselves in somebody else's shoes, we really lose our leadership. So I think leadership is about seeing the big picture, but also remembering that we're all human and we have to have that connectivity. Yeah. SP, tell me what you think leadership, what does leadership mean to you? So the, the way I look at it, it's not necessarily the person at the top of, of an organization, but it's the person within the group that is developed to inspire, to inspire others by example, and to move them to action. 
you know, move them to actually be able to drive things forward in, in the business, whether it's a nonprofit, it could be a sports team, you know, move people to positive action. Nice. SM, parting thoughts on what does leadership mean to you? Yeah. Um, and just something that Tony said there about the aspiring leaders, just for me, I think when you stop becoming an aspiring leader, you start to give off this tone to people that you've got it all figured out. And the fact of the matter is none of us do. You know, So to me, that aspiring mindset of saying, hey, if I'm always aspiring, then again, to use another one of Tony's words, I'm always curious, always curious to discover more, always uh, curious to, to learn more. But kind of a different way of framing it that I like to use is, is meeting people where they are. You know, So for me, when I was working in the sports world, not everybody's Olympic final was the same, if you know what I mean. You know, everybody had their version of what an Olympic final was in terms of realistically what they were capable of. So I had to learn how to meet, say, 30 athletes differently in some way, shape or form. You can talk about the team goals, but within the team goals, there's lots of individual goals. And that's where leadership truly starts to take that effect is when you can start to impact the individual as well as the team. So for me, that's what I've now taken into the corporate world is kind of reframing it as like, you know, everyone has their different version of a Fortune 500 company. I'm working with a couple of business owners that it is just them. That's their company right now, just them. But that doesn't make them any less competitive or aspiring to seek and realize their potential in comparison to some of the business owners I'm working with that are, are worth eight, nine figures. You know, it, it, it all falls into the same bracket of say, hey, how do I meet this person in their space and either help them become better leaders in my role or also you know, give them those sort of tools to do the same within within their respective roles. Because even those that are a one man, one woman shop, you know, how they deal with clients, there's elements of leadership involved in that too. And, and so it, it's all about, hey, how do I meet this person in their space without ever making them feel as though they have to necessarily come up to my space? You know, I should never be doing that. I should be able to meet them in their space. Love it. I, I just think I love having these conversations. Like I love, like I love having guests on our show but I love it on the guests on other people's show. It's all about what makes a good leader. And like, honestly, it's such a true characteristic of what makes a good leader. But like, honestly, everybody on this podcast is a tremendous leader in my eyes. You guys are all have the qualities that we've talked about this past hour. Steve, best place to find you and your podcast for listeners. Yes. So Career Competitor, you can find it on all podcasts and platform. I've got the website too, careercompetitor.com. And you gave David a shout out for his books. I actually have a book that I've almost finished with that will be coming out in October. It's called Shock the World, A Competitor's Guide to Realizing Their Potential. Shock the World, A Competitor's Guide to Realizing Their Potential. So I look forward to hopefully being invited on to Tony and to David and to Steve's podcast to talk about myself and my book. Hint, hint, guys. But aside from that, that's everything you need to know about me. Okay. So, so we're going to get copies of the book to get you back on the show in October. 100%. 100%. Oh, perfect. Yeah. SP, where can we find you and your podcast? The easiest place is just www.scienceofcx.com. And all my blog posts are there. All the episodes are there. You can use that as a launching point to get to every place. And to Steve's point, I have a free ebook that's coming out next month. It's going to be a download on how to develop customer experience for your company. And uh, it's just going to be a free download right off the website too. Awesome. And we can find all of your edit pieces with the Access Insight newsletter that you've been writing for. Absolutely. Everything, which is awesome. Tony, how can we find you and what books and what papers are you publishing and working on? You can find my podcast at wellroundedleaders.com, wellroundedleaders.com. 
that is the name of the podcast. Of course, you can find it at uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify and all all your favorite platforms. I don't have a book. I guess I'm I got I'm behind the eight ball a little bit. I got to get moving on that, don't I? No books yet. I'm uh, I got I got a day job that I'm still trying to you know. You do, you do have all of our best wishes and support to get your podcast off the ground. It's going to be exciting to see you grow. Marjorie DeHay, yeah. where can they find you? It's so funny. Where can we find us in our podcast? <laughs> MediaMavenspodcast.com. MediaMavenspodcast.com. Okay. Any, any projects, any books, anything we need to look forward to coming out of anything you're doing? I just got to go around the table here because everybody. Uh, yeah, we have our second horror film. I mean, very, very, very low budget horror film. So we're imposed on that one. So that's Immortal Thieves. Okay, so, guys. It was so yeah. awesome having you guys on. Like I do appreciate our rallying up for my podcast podcast. It was so good having everybody on. I will look forward, Marjorie and I, meeting me of his podcast. We'll look forward to everybody's books and papers to get you guys back on the show to talk about it and everything honestly tony you're doing everything right in my opinion and i do want to see you explode and get into your next season pretty soon so um, i'm super excited and congratulations on being a newbie oh, podcaster thanks it will it'll blow up it will no doubt okay everybody it was so good having you all on this is sarah miller with me to me podcast let me see everybody next wednesday Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Media Mavens podcast. If you don't want to miss an episode or want to download past episodes, be sure to subscribe to the Media Mavens podcast on your favorite podcast provider. To learn more about the podcast or our guests, please visit MediaMavensPodcast.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.